Welcome and thank you for listening to Engage with Eagle Forum, a podcast to encourage the modern day woman and her vital role in shaping society. I am one of your hosts, Glenn McKay. And I'm Kirsten Hassler. In this episode, we will be talking with Eagle Forum Chairman Ange Lafley Corey about the Equal Rights Amendment and its potential impact to harm women. Um, so before we delve into what the actual impact and what is in the Equal Rights Amendment, let's talk a little bit about what a constitutional amendment is. Because I feel like a lot of people don't realize that the Equal Rights Amendment is actually going to change the Constitution. It's not just a legislative measure. Well, our beautiful Constitution, which was written over 200 years ago and has stood the test of time, has very few amendments. There are only 27 amendments. And we, the Constitution has not been amended in a long time. And what the framers did with the Constitution was to ensure that a supermajority of Americans want the amendment to happen in order for it to go into law. And that's brilliant, because in order to amend the Constitution, there must be a supermajority of Congress, two-thirds of both houses of Congress, plus a supermajority of the state legislatures. Three-quarters of the state legislators must ratify for the amendment to go into the Constitution. So usually, when we have had constitutional amendments, they have passed overwhelmingly and quickly and easily because the American people have said, yes, this is something we should do, like giving women the right to vote or changing the voting age to 18. These are These were amendments that the whole country thought the time had come and we should do it. Well, the problem with trying to resurrect a dead amendment, which is what the Equal Rights Amendment is, is that today they are trying to use a couple of state ratification and attach it to ratifications made nearly 50 years ago. So that is not a contemporaneous consensus of Americans agreeing, yes, this is what we want to do. And in 50 years, a lot has changed in the United States. I think it's a cheat on our system of government to say that votes taken 50 years ago should be tied to votes taken today. Would people agree with those same votes today in those state legislatures? Because ultimately, what the Constitution is and the way the framers designed it. It's a contract between the federal government and the states. Mm -hmm. And the states and the federal government agree to this change. And so one party can't make a change without the other party agreeing to it, because otherwise it's not a good contract. And I think that we should be quite wise about amending our Constitution. I've often said that the push to try to get ratification today of ERA is like saying, I've got baseball tickets to the World Series of 1979. Mm-hmm. Can I use it for this year's World's <laughs> World Series? That's what it's yeah. that's why it's a cheat on our our system of government. And um, so there are a lot of problems with the Equal Rights Amendment, but the big problem is all Americans should take part in this debate and not just a couple of states. So go back to what happened in the 1970s. Tell us about the passage of the Equal Rights Amendment in the states then and what happened at that point. So Congress ratified uh, ERA and sent it to the state legislatures for approval. And a number of states, 35 states, voted in their state legislatures to approve this amendment to the Constitution. But 35 isn't enough. They need 38. And within that time, five states changed their mind. 
because what happened was is that there was such a rush to ratify ERA when it was first passed out of Congress in 1972 that a lot of states ratified it without considering wh whether they really wanted to ratify it, and they changed their mind later on. So I think when you have an amendment that is so controversial, um, it, it deserves a full airing and a full uh, debate and a full vote as to whether it becomes a part of our law. How did they revoke passage the state passage of the, of the ERA? So a number of states had votes where they voted it down, they voted it down, and then they voted yes, and that's counted as a yes. But then some states had, they voted it, they voted yes, but then they came back later and said, we rescind our previous vote, it's no longer valid. So does that count? Are states allowed to change their mind? We don't know the answer to this question because it's never been litigated to the Supreme mm -hmm. Court, which would have to decide whether or not a state can, is allowed to change its mind within the period of the ratification, yes. obviously prior to getting the requisite number of states. Mm -hmm. And so back in the 70s when the ERA was going through, you know, the ratification process, the states had seven years to ratify it. What happened within that seven years? Obviously, it didn't get passed, but then it went up to the Supreme Court, right? Yes. So ERA was passed out of Congress with a time limit. Congress determined that seven years uh, was the time frame that the states had to make their ratification. Now, that may seem like a short period of time, but most constitutional amendments are ratified in two or three years, and, and because there is a general feeling that this is a good amendment to do. And um, so that time limit expired in 1979. The proponents went to Congress and said, well, we don't think we're going to make it. Can we have an extension? They had an extension to 1982, which Congress granted, but they still didn't get the number of states. Uh, so the argument today is that time limits don't matter, and uh, so that therefore we should just do it because they, who cares about a time limit? Well, we do care about the rule of law in the United States, and the states, 24 states, hinge their ratification of ERA on the seven-year time limit. As far as those 24 states are concerned, ERA is, their ratification of ERA has expired. Mm -hmm. But the proponents are still trying to do it. There was a case that went to the Supreme Court about whether an extension of the time limit was valid. That case was called Now v. Idaho, and in 1982, the Supreme Court ruled that ERA was dead. And so for ERA to be put in the Constitution today would require the Supreme Court to reverse its 1982 decision. And were people pretty upset about that decision? I think not, because ERA was dead in 1982. Yeah. It was a recognition of the political reality that it was impossible to pass ERA at, at that time, and for good reasons. Mm -hmm. It was not passed because it would harm women and people realized the depth of, of the harms. Because, you know, a constitutional amendment is not just like any other law. It's in the Constitution has much greater effect than any other law. The, a constitutional amendment changes all previous 
amendments in the Constitution because the last amendment that you do in the Constitution can then affect previous amendments that said something different. It changes the Constitution. A new amendment to the Constitution also changes state laws. The state can, state laws cannot be in conflict with what the Constitution says. So it is a big deal to amend the Constitution and something that we should not take lightly because of the ramifications that it can have across the board. So now, coming jumping from the 80s to now, why has the dialogue really increased on the Equal Rights Amendment? What do you think has really shaped that? There is one reason that the proponents are trying to revive this debt amendment, and that's abortion. The proponents of ERA are very worried that the Supreme Court will chip away at Roe v. Wade, and they see the Equal Rights Amendment in the Constitution as a safety belt to ensure abortion rights in the United States. It will actually do more. It will actually also enforce taxpayer-paid abortion. Which that has been the case in a couple of states, so we do know that there's precedent for that. Yes, both New Mexico and Connecticut state Supreme Courts have ruled that their state ERAs require taxpayer-paid abortion. I think it goes against a lot of what the majority of Americans believe is true, especially with the long-standing tradition of inserting the Hyde Amendment in the appropriations process, which prohibits the use of taxpayer funding for abortion. So it would be in federal law, which is definitely scary. (laughs) Kirsten, constitutional law. That's even greater force than federal law. (laughs) So what happens now? What states are they trying to get to pass the ERA? There's an effort to um, get the uh, so-called 38th state in Virginia. And there's an effort in the U.S. House of Representatives to pass a resolution that the deadline uh, for ERA is uh, irrelevant. Now, anytime you pass a constitutional amendment in both houses of Congress, it has to be with a two-thirds. I doubt they can get two-thirds of uh, members voting to remove the, uh, the uh, time limit on ERA. And you, you briefly touched on the contemporaneous consensus and the time limit. Those really go together. Can you... So can you talk a little bit more about what a contemporaneous consensus means and why that deadline really is important and you can't just wipe it away? Well, the Supreme Court uh, ruled in the 1930s that to amend the Constitution, it should have a, quote, contemporaneous consensus. In other words, it should be the will of the people. Now, the reason why this is debated today is there's something called the Madison Amendment because part of the Bill of Rights was an amendment that everybody had forgotten about, and the amendment said that if Congress decides to pass itself a pay raise, the pay raise cannot go into effect until there is an election. So after 200 years, finally the, the last state ratified this amendment and it got put in the Constitution. Now that amendment never had a time limit attached to it, but more importantly, that amendment is not controversial. Mm-hmm. Nobody opposes the Madison Amendment. And, and, and I doubt that amendment will ever be tested. I doubt that Congress will have the, um, 
will try to pass itself a pay raise without uh, having a, an election and test the, uh, the amendment. So I don't think that that amendment really plays into what we have with ERA, which is a controversial amendment that had a time limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I definitely think that, as you know, the, the radical feminists of the 1970s are very different from what they are today. And you can kind of touch on, if you would, the the language in the ERA and how you think it will be interpreted differently today versus in the 1970s. The first section of ERA is, is uh, quite simple. Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged on, any, on, on account of sex. Now, in the 1970s, people generally understood what sex meant. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what sex means today. Do you know what sex mm-hmm. means today? <laughs> I, I keep seeing genders redefined. I keep seeing sex redefined. It opens up a Pandora's box of new rights for things we didn't even know existed, much less would have rights. And ultimately, these would harm women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a great thing to remember about the Equal Rights Amendment is that it does have the effect to make a gender-neutral society and not uplift the essence of what makes a woman a woman. Um, so what are some of the aspects of the bill in that sense and how it will put women on a, quote, equal pain with men but really harm us? I think people say that, think that equality sounds like such a nice fuzzy word that doesn't, isn't everybody in favor of equality. Mm-hmm. But you're not in favor of equality if, if it causes a detriment to you. And so I'll give you an example. If you cannot differentiate on the basis of sex and everybody is interchangeable, well then that wouldn't that make prisons and correctional in- institutions gender neutral? Now I think women lose if they have to be in prison with men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, locker rooms and sports teams. Well, I think there are all kinds of areas where for the safety and privacy and security of women, it is important that women are able to have their own spaces. Mm -hmm. And I don't see any benefit to a man dressing up as a woman and pretending to be a woman uh, as helping a woman. I definitely, I I think that we don't quite understand the full impact of what the Equal Rights Amendment will do, just like why Phyllis decided to fight this. It is a whole new Pandora's box, like you said, with, with the redefining of the term sex. And what do feminists think about this? Because they're asking for equal treatment, but more times than not, it's more preferential treatment. Well, they may get a shock when they find out that ERA means equal, not preferential. <laughs> uh, but they're, the, it's being sold with the idea that it is warm and fuzzy and women should be in the Constitution. Of course, it doesn't put women in the Constitution. It puts sex, sex in the Constitution. And sex is not the same as women. But ultimately, there are a lot of sob stories I've heard that people say that we should have ERA because of maltreatment of women. But ERA in the Constitution will not give any woman a pay raise. And ERA in the Constitution will not stop a bad man from beating up a woman. Those are already crimes. And ERA isn't going to change that. And ERA is not a magic wand that will suddenly change human behavior. That's right. And in the world of human behavior, It's just a reality of biology that men and women are different. 
and to pretend that there are not biological differences between men and women is is a false narrative. Yeah, I definitely think that it, it is. It really does show the irony in um, in the liberal feminist idea that they are trying to empower women, but the Equal Rights Amendment will, in fact, not do that at all. ERA does not empower women, but the really there is empowerment available for women, and that and I believe that the empowerment from women comes from the model that my mother Phyllis Schlafly mm-hmm. set up, which is get educated, get trained, get out, and become the policymaker from your own kitchen. That's real power. Yes, I definitely agree with that. (laughs) And women are able to do that through the organization Phyllis set up. Eagle Forum. (laughs) Come join us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. We'll hope you join us next time. 